Welcome back to part two of the supersized, big schlong, extra large grande episode 100 of the loudest podcast. Loudest podcast on the air is the only podcast that is 100% devoted to GameStop talk. <laughs> and it has always all, always been 100% about GameStop. This is the GameStop podcast. We like the stock. We just we like the stock. We believe in the company. We just like the stock. Did you see those idiots on Reddit? Uh, I saw a dude be like, oh, I'm going to... He stuck a bunch of $100 bills in the door of a GameStop. <laughs> and he mm-hmm. was like, whoever the first GameStop employee to get here today is going to be very happy. Yeah, I'm sure that GameStop... Oh, by the way, I'm Asterios Kokonos. I'm your host. We, we've got our other host here, Sriracha. Um, I'm sure that GameStop employees love being used for clout like this. Like there's that other guy in Reddit who was like, I delivered a bunch of bags of peanuts with $100 bills taped to, them to my local GameStop. And it's like, look, if I work at GameStop, I'm yeah, I'm not making money. I could really use $100. On the other hand, like, can you stop turning my poverty into a meme for one second? I have nine shares of GameStop stock and I'm not selling them. You have nine shares of I, GameStop? I did have 30 fucking shares and I bitched out and I sold um I sold 20 of them when it hit 350 because it looked like it was going to dump and it did immediately afterwards. It dumped real bad. It dumped down to like 160 or something. Wait, wait, if you don't mind, take me all the way back. What day did you buy? What price did you buy at? How much? Did, like, like walk me through the line and all that. Let's find out. Let's find out. I'll open up my Robinhood account, which is engaged in some fucking shenanigans. We got to talk about them, too. Uh, okay. So it looks like, according to my Robinhood history, I bought uh, $11,000 <laughs> worth of GameStop stop at... 200 an average price of 279 dollars per share and then i sold 30 shares at an average price of 350 dollars so i took my profit back and now i'm playing with house money and so i kept uh 9.75 shares just a stupid habits <laughs> you have eleven thousand dollars well i i did yeah uh-huh how do you have eleven thousand uh, dollars? The endless uh, my tendy recipe is very famous on the internet, and every time somebody clicks on it, I get a little get a couple cents. <laughs> okay, real quick. This whole time you've been much much richer than me. Uh, no. How come you're not throwing this in my face all the time? Wait a minute. I assumed you were with me. You were co-hosting this show with me for the money I might one day have and don't have yet. And actually, some stuff happened to me a couple of years ago that's really, really put me on some hard times. But I'll be back any day now. You're the rich one in this co-hosting ship? Government, don't listen to this. I get the free money. When you're just like giving it out. Give me the free money. You mean the stimmy? Yeah. The stimmy. Oh, we got to talk about that real quick. Okay, so we put out the poll to see which Gen Z baiting sticker would me and Mimi and Lime and Sriracha make next. And we have the results here. In fourth place is a sticker that says, my girlfriend is jealous of Amelia Watson 
and wouldn't let me buy an Amelia Watson body pillow. So instead, I had to buy this passive-aggressive bumper sticker complaining about it. That came in fourth. Uh, I was expecting that to do better because it's got Amelia Watson on it. Good try. (laughs) Okay. Have you seen Amelia Watson, by the way? No. But you know what she looks like, right? No. She's the little Sherlock Holmes one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know that one. Love her. All right. Third place is a sticker that uses... uh, some Twitch star corpse magnet. Oh, when the, the when the Bengus is sus. When the Bengus is sus. Oh, really? I thought that one was going to do better. I thought that was going to be number one. Yes. Um, corpse magnet is on Twitch. He's got some disgusting hairless cat. I saw it the other day, and I was like, Bengus. Have you seen Bengus? I've seen Bengus, and I've seen Big Floppa too. Okay, just big. Okay, I can't speak for Big Floppa. Bengus is disgusting. Bingus looks like uh, some kind of creepy naked alien hybrid that immediately like a bunch of astronauts are like, oh, let's take this little guy home. And you're screaming because they'll be like, no, destroy it with fire. Did you know that for those hairless cats, instead of brushing them, you have to take a sponge and wash them down? I think they're cute. You have to give them a, you have to give a cat, a cat, a sponge bath. Yes. Like you're. Like your dying parents? Yeah, it's cute. It's cute. It's an animal. Yeah, I'm not giving Big as a sponge bath. Okay. Big Floppa. Can you describe Big Floppa to me? Uh, he's a kind of scary looking cat. And he's got ears, very pointy ears, like a lynx. I would describe Big Floppa as lynx-like. <laughs> oh, I see him now. He looks like a bat. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? He's terrifying. I kind of like him, though. I like that he's got these, these big, creepy ears. Oh, I'm seeing a picture of him bearing his fangs. He's got fangs on fangs. He's got, like, a drac mouth. Yeah, I think the reason why the kids like this one is because that, that's a terrifying-looking cat. I like him, though, because then there's some pictures they put him, like, in a bow. And, like, apparently Blake Fo- uh, Big Floppa uh, supports trans rights. Good uh, for Big Floppa. I've got a picture here of Big Floppa against, uh, against the trans pride flag that's got uh, 582 likes and 156, no, 157 retweets. Wow, I'm really proud of you for supporting the cause. Yeah, me too. I'm proud of myself. Okay, sticker number two is Jeb Bush's head no! on Bernie Sanders' body wearing the coat and the mittens in front of the piss yellow uh, election map, and it says, Jeb Sanders says, give me my stimmy. Damn it, I thought that one was going to win. I was so excited about that one. That is coming at 27% of the vote, and number one with 34.4% of the vote. So it wasn't even that close, is just a Shutterstock logo. I think the kids are expecting a transparent sticker. Yes. With the shutters. Can we make that happen? Absolutely we can, as a lot of our listeners know. Because if you bought the the uh, 11 sticker mega pack, that, uh, the Christory 11 sticker super pack, we included a little clear lime in the coconut sticker. Oh, is that clear? Yeah, here, let me show it to you real quick. I guess I have never actually, like, peeled it off. Yeah, as you can see, it's like art against a transparent background. Yeah, that's, oh, that's really cool. I didn't know that was possible. Yeah, so the idea is that your car is going to have the Shutterstock watermark on it. That's really cool. You could put any sticker you want on it and then put the Shutterstock logo over it. Or if your mom and dad have, like, a shitty bumper sticker that you hate... 
take the Shutterstock logo, put it right over that bumper sticker. I'm going to put it over my mom's dumbass bumper sticker that says, be the person your dog thinks you are. I was like, mom, you don't even have a dog. She's like, yeah, but you know how they get so excited when they see you? I'm like, yeah, but you don't have a dog. It's weird that your mom is stealing dogs for dog cred. Like, um, all right, look. Back to Shutter, back to not Shutterstock, back to GameStop. GameStocks. Back to, back to Shutter GameStop stonks. Um, all right. Now, I tried so hard to get in on this, this, this thing, but like Robin Hood wouldn't trade it. And like, so I'm like, okay, I'll open up a Vanguard account. And it's like, oh, hey, well, you can dump your money in right now. Of course, you can only buy Vanguard stocks for a couple of days, but after seven days, you can buy whatever you want. But that's seven working days. I'm like, ah, by then the Gamma Squeeze will have been squoze. By the way, when you hear Gamma Squeeze, do you just think of the Incredible Hulk taking a dump? No, I think of somebody squeezing like a grandmother oh. until their uh, organs come out of their mouth. Until their adorable yibble organs come out of their yibble mouth. Oh. Yeah, and so, and Robin Hood's like, oh, you can only trade two stocks of one stock of no game stops a day. And everyone on this Wall Street bets is on Robin Hood. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. I think I read something, something like over 50% of people who uh, have a Robinhood account own some kind of GameStop stock at this point. And then Robinhood is suddenly like, I, you know what? I've read the articles about how they're not just doing it because they hate us. I've read them. I know they need to keep a reserve or their clearing house, blah, blah, blah. I don't understand any of it. All I know is they cut off my Tendy stream and I'm not happy about it. Right, because you, you're a Robin Hood trader and you've been a Robin Hood trader for years. Yes. And so like when, so when all this is going down, did you try to buy more GameStop stock and were you locked out? Yes, I was locked out for, uh, I sold and then I tried to buy back in when it fell again, but I got locked out and then they suddenly decided uh, no more GameStop stock and everybody collectively shit themselves on Twitter, which is funny to me. That's the most interesting part of this is like Ben Shapiro and AOC are both tweeting the same shit at Robin Hood. Yeah. And, yeah, and Ted Cruz. Exactly. Like and uh, uh, Trump Jr. Donald Trump Jr. Like everybody is pissed at Robin Hood. Uh, here's my understanding of the situation. I don't know if this is true. So Robin Hood was saying like, look, we don't have enough money on hand to facilitate all these trades because like, you know, when you buy a GameStop stock through the app, we then have to go buy GameStop stock from our broker to give it to you. And th there was so much trade volume that like we just we didn't have the cash on hand to facilitate all these trades. But like my counter to that is. Don't they have like access to unlimited credit? But the whole point of the idea of like, well, the Fed is keeping its funds rate at zero. The Fed is keeping its funds rate at zero. Like the federal fund rate has been almost nothing for like a decade now in order to keep these financial institutions in the black with access to unlimited, lower, no-cost money. So, like, 
Why couldn't fucking Robin Hood just borrow all the goddamn money they needed to stay liquid for the day for the, from the banks? I mean, okay, so now we're getting into territory that I'm only like 50% sure, but I believe it is an SEC requirement that brokerages need to have a certain amount of cash on hand because, I mean, what if the brokerage borrowed all this money and then went under? That would be cataclysmic. <laughs> well, then I guess don't. I guess a bank shouldn't loan a bunch of money to a thing called Robin Hood then. But like this whole time they've been fine. This whole time they've been liquid, they've been liquid, they've been liquid. But the one time that people try to buy a stock that directly impacts their biggest customer, Citadel. Yeah, that is how Robin Hood makes money because they don't charge you trading fees, which there's no reason to use Robin Hood anymore because a bunch of other, pretty much every broker that's not TD Ameritrade does that now too. But um, what they do is they sell all your trading information to these hedge funds. That's how they make money. Yeah. And, and the hedge fund that backs Melvin is Citadel. Um, and so and Citadel is responsible for like 40% of Robinhood's revenue. So every time someone was buying GameStop stock, it was directly threatening their biggest customer because once Melvin goes under, Citadel is then holding the bag for all of Melvin's bad bets. And that's why a lot of people are saying, well, that's why Robinhood cut off access to GME. And that makes sense to me because, uh, yeah, I understand that there are liquidity requirements dictated by the, the SEC or the FEC. I don't know which is which. SEC, what the, what is what's the difference there? SEC is the Securities Exchange Commission. Uh-huh. I have no fucking. Do you mean the FCC? Maybe that's what I mean. And by the way, listeners, can you hear how confident I am right now? I don't know what the hell I'm saying. But all I know is this. If I'm Robin Hood, if I'm a guy named Vlad, who runs the most popular app on the internet. Which he will not shut the fuck up about. And who revolutionized trading and essentially created the free trade model that everyone has had to just bend over and accept. Like Fidelity and... I have an e. I discovered I have like an e trade account that I had open since like the year two thousand three. Oh, does e trade give you free trades? Now? Yes, everybody has to give you free trades now. E trade, Fidelity, all these people because Robinhood was doing it. Yeah, a couple of them don't, but um, it, it, those are few and far between. What I'm trying to say is, don't open a Robinhood account. Yeah. <laughs> they suck. Exactly. So, like, look, all I'm saying is this. I feel like Robinhood shouldn't have significant liquidity issues. Like they're the they were the darling of the trading world. They were about to open an IPO. Like they were so popular. They were it was one of the number one apps on the iTunes store was the Robinhood app. Yeah, they say that every fucking time some representative from Robinhood goes on CNBC to shill. That's the first thing out of their fucking mouths. It's the number one app on the app store. I don't give a fuck. Give me my 10 Well, the, the, see, it, it's weird because I think that actually works against them. If you're the number one app on the iTunes store, you should be able to borrow nearly unlimited money to cover all these purchases. Because all you're covering is the moment between when the customer gives you the money and when you give the money to the brokerage to get the stock. Like, that's what they need the liquidity for. Yeah, I, this, is, this is outside of my realm of expertise. All right, all right well, listen, listen. Sriracha owns nine shares of games. Stonk, stonks. Woo! Okay. And apparently she's much, much richer than me, and I had no idea. <laughs> like, um, I, 
I found this old E-Trade account that like I opened up in 2003. It has $3.17 in it from the one time I tried to save for the future. Fuck yeah, you could get like one one thousandth of a GameStop stock for exactly. that. No, I put a little bit of money, not much. That's all I could afford. I put it into that E-Trade account. And because I've had this account for like 15 years, they're like, well, you're one of our oldest and best customers. <laughs> you could start trading Monday morning. Now, listeners, do not do whatever I'm about to do because I'm going to lose you. You know me. I'm going to lose my money somehow. Yeah, this is not financial advice. Both of us are very stupid. Yeah, it's clearly we're dumb because a lot of these anecdotes and stories we tell end with us both going, I don't really know. Let's move on. Like Monday morning, I got this money. I'll be able to buy stock. Should I buy GameStop stock at... 9.30 a.m. when the market opens. Wait, what time does the market open? 9.30. Okay, I I got that right. Should I buy it at 9.30? Should I wait until these brokers get drunk at lunch and then buy it? Should I buy the dip or should I take a sip? Sriracha? Uh, The advice that I have heard most often is wait until 11.30 when everybody goes out for lunch because the first 10 minutes of trading are always the most Mm fucky-wucky. And so you, it kind of evens out around 11 o'clock and it stops shooting up and down. But what if at 11 o'clock everyone is already on the moon? What if this thing goes from 300 to 1,000? What if by 11 o'clock there's no more seats on the shuttle? Then you got to get your tendies early. I don't know, Asterios. The tendies are hot and they're fresh and you just got to eat whatever feels right. <laughs> okay. Well, listeners, what I usually do when I have to make a tough decision is the opposite of what my gut tells me. What's your gut telling My you? gut is telling me to buy at 9.30 to get, to get a ticket on this, to get right on this moonship. So I'll wait for 11.30. Okay. When you see, I'm a finely tuned instrument, but it's always tuned to the wrong decision. It's like if you have a broken compass that always points south instead of north well then you know north is south and you head south to go north it's true stop clock is right two times a day that's exactly right <laughs> all right listeners we follow us on twitter and you'll be able to see how we're doing in our in our gme adventures this week and by the way i like the company i love walking to a GameStop. they're not filthy at all and like i really appreciate how i could take this brand new copy of cyberpunk 2077 down to a GameStop, and they'll be like we'll give you a punch in the arm or a dollar in credit oh my god but remember how fucking lit going to GameStop was in 2008 I That's re- why I like the stock is because I have some, I have very fond memories of GameStop. <laughs> no, I liked going there when I was a kid. Cause it was like the, it was like, one, see, when I was a kid, there was like a lot more video game stores. There was GameStop. There was a store, a store called Babbage's. You go to Comp USA, like, and GameStop is kind of all that's left. But a couple of months ago, my mom was getting a haircut and I was at home and I did go hang out at the GameStop for 20 minutes playing Nintendo Switch um, as a 38-year-old man while my mom was getting a haircut next door. And I was like, this is pretty cool. I feel like a little kid again. This is nice. It's nice. And they sell stuff that you can't guy online, like uh, little plush toys and Pokemon cards. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the... The reason that I, like, the one thing I think GameStop has going for it over a Steam or an Epic Game Store is that a lot of the country does not have high-speed internet. 
that game, Cyberpunk 2077, remember when I put it, oh, you might not have been here, but like when I put it in the, in the machine, it was like, and now to download a 40 gigabyte patch. Oh yeah, no, I have a game like that. I had a game, a dating simulator like that, and my computer just busted along immediately when I tried to run it. Yeah, and so it's it's like, well, I know that there's a lot of parts of the country that don't have the access to high-speed internet that like New York does. So like... A GameStop is really important for, you know, for parts of the country like that. Like, they, they can't just download these giant games. They have to go buy them. Yeah, no, I, 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 I have very fond memories of going to GameStop, and they always had a wall of, like, shit Xbox games that were $2 because nobody wanted them. And, oh, my God, I found some gems in did, those. Did you ever play any of those Barbie games? Uh, yes, I did have Barbie Horse Adventure. What is Barbie Horse Adventure? And I had Barbie Mystery Detective, which scared the ever-loving fuck out of me. Uh, Barbie Mystery Detective is permanently sealed into my brain. It's a computer game for, like, a Windows 97 or something, where there was someone at the carnival that was made Ken. Ken was volunteering as, like, a magician's assistant, and they made him just straight up disappear, and you don't know if Ken's dead or if something's going to jump out at you, and you have to solve the mystery, and it's a different perp, like, every time, and then you chase them around, and suddenly Barbie will be like, look, it's, uh, <laughs> it's the criminal, and then you have to chase, the- it's terrifying, it is, it was not okay for five-year-old Rachel. How do you, how does Barbie, who weighs, like, 80 pounds soaking wet, how does she take down a kidnapper? Does she have like a stun gun? Like a little, a cool pink stun gun that also has a mirror and powder in it? That's never actually uh, covered, but she does have like, I think she corners the perp in like the the alleyway or something with a flashlight. And it's like, oh, it's, and then Skipper, the one in the wheelchair is like your Wayne from Kim Possible. Mm-hmm. Or what is it? Jeremy from Code Lyoko. Or, or Chloe any, from 24. Are any of these references hitting? I mean, my, I assu- I made a reference back at you hoping you would say yes. I don't know what that is. Okay, Chloe's the lady on the phone in 24. Yeah, uh-huh, something like that. Okay, all right. So Skipper in a wheelchair is the, is the oracle to your Batman. Right. Uh-huh. Okay. And I, it was terrifying, but I did buy it at a GameStop, I think. Yeah, I I also like ThinkGeek, and I know that makes me uh, a bad person. It does. But I do like, like I went into a ThinkGeek a couple of months ago, and I just bought like a bunch of Mega Man coasters, because I'd broken my existing Mega Man coasters that I also purchased at ThinkGeek. Pickle Rick. I bought Pickle Rick for you from the ThinkGeek that's down at like 34th Street. I love, that's the ThinkGeek I like, is the one that's by the, there's like, there's the Macy's that's from Miracle on 34th Street. The Macy's where they arrested that Santa Claus and put him on trial in that movie from the 50s. And across the street from there is like a ThinkGeek that's just full of Funko Pops. Yeah, it's right next to Koreatown. Good place to spend an afternoon. If you're ever in New York, is get off at 34th Street uh, Station, not 34th Street Hudson Yards, and just wander around. It's near Koreatown. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, 34th Street between like 6th and 7th or 6th and 8th Avenues. Are we talking ourselves into liking GameStop? Like, if if we didn't own GameStop stock or or were pre-owners like me... I was going to say, will you tell me? (laughs) Would we be waxing poetic about how great GameStop is or would we be calling it like a dirty hellhole that 
gives you a dollar back on a game you just bought. We like the stock. I like the stock. We like the stock. I love the stock. I think the company's fundamentally sound. I'm not doing this for spite at all. And that was 30 minutes of bad financial advice. (laughs) Don't listen to us. Just live vicariously through us. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's my favorite part of going on Wall Street Feds is seeing people lose like $80,000 in two days. Yeah, exactly. When I go on biz, I get to live vicariously through anti-Semites. They got to fix this. This is not super anti-Semitic, like comparatively speaking. Well, okay. That's like com- that's like comparing uh, the Grand Canyon to, the, to a lunar crater. They're both very big. Like if you go and you post poll shit on biz, they will tell you to fuck up back to Paul. Okay, look, I've been reading biz recently because Wall Street bets went down for a few hours. Oh yeah, and then everybody rushed over to biz. How funny is that? Everybody went to biz and I was like, I want to see what happens when the Redditors and the Channers mix. Yeah, that's how you know this is fucked because Reddit and 4chan is working together. Yeah, there is a, but it's like a lot of people on biz were like, and you know, you know who's to blame for Melvin Capital? Citadel. You know who's to blame for Citadel? The banks. And you know who controls the banks? And I was like, oh, biz. <laughs> biz. Go back to talking about cryptocurrency, damn it. Yeah, exactly. Go make another weird pump and dump scheme over something called the rubric. Bow coin. I like bow pastries. A bow is a, a little soft Chinese pastry that's Filled with like with a spicy or a sweet meat. Um, Dogecoin. Have you been following what's happening with that? Guys, please stop buying Dogecoin. Please. It's not funny. You are going to lose a lot of money. I, the, here's how I know that everybody's going to lose all their fucking money on Dogecoin is because my uh, IRL normie friends were like, should I buy Dogecoin? I was like, what do you think Dogecoin is used for? And they had, could not answer. And I was like, that's because the answer to that question is nothing. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like I get with Chainlink, it's used to facilitate smart contracts. And I get with Bitcoin, it's used to buy drugs and hit men. Like, I don't know any any uh, drug dealers are going to take this coin that's got the cute little dog meme on it. Because there they is... look like pussies. Because there is an unlimited supply. The main problem with Dogecoin is that there is an unlimited supply of Dogecoin. Oh. So, yeah, take every... Just walk her down Wall Street, grab a random dude bro and say, hey, why don't we just print more money? And then he'll explain to you why you can't, why Dogecoin is not sustainable. Okay. I did not know there was an unlimited supply of Dogecoin. Okay. Yeah. I just made like some tweet as a joke. I, I was like, I was like, Dogecoin's a coin that's, that's totally useless. Unlike Bitcoin. And, you know, the joke being that, well, they're both kind of useless. Like, a lot of Dogecoin activists came at me on Twitter. Oh, yeah. The Dogecoin army is out in full force. Every so often, Dogecoin will like get a blip from Elon Musk or something. Really? <laughs> and everybody rushes to buy it. But yeah, uh-huh, it's funny. It's very funny. It is. Okay. I did not know that. Um, all right, listeners. Well, look, speaking of Barbie, because we were just talking about those Barbie video games. Next week, we will continue our hundredth episode month, because next week we will uh, we will uh, do a review of what was it Barbie and her sisters and the mystery of the what was it the missing treasure the puppy adventure or something the great puppy adventure and 
the other one, which I liked a lot, which was the princess and the pop star. And I'm putting my finishing touches on my Ben Shapiro AOC fan fiction. I will read that for you guys next week. Uh, wait, I'm sorry. You're what? Oh, I got really drunk the one night after I saw Ben Shapiro and AOC were both tweeting the same shit about Robin Hood. And I wrote, I shit you not, a 1700 word fan fiction about them uh, making love on a pile of Robin Hood documents. <laughs> What's the title of it? Love Across Lines. And I wanted to cut. I, I, when I was in drunk, I thought it would make sense because it was like love across party lines. But that doesn't make any sense because Ben Shapiro does not work for the government. Yeah. I like it, though. Love Across the Lines. Oh, yeah. No, it's, a, it's bad. It's Their love crosses the line. <laughs> I like that. It's not even funny. It's just bad. It's definitely not erotic. Really? Yeah, it involves uh, cock and ball torture. All right. Well, next week, Barbie reviews, cock and ball torture. <laughs> we'll be right back with an interview from one of our favorite guests. This is his fourth appearance on the show. Sex scientist Connor Leshner is going to be joining us to tell us what's new to Coom 2. I we'll can't be right wait. back. Hey, welcome back to the Loudest Podcast, a uh, big 100th episode celebration, part two. We got one of our favorite guests, Dr. Connor Leshner. Wait, are you a doctor? Did I get that wrong already? Not a doctor. Oh, how long until you become a doctor? Ooh, at least another five years. Oh, what the hell? I can't wait that long. What's taking <laughs> so long? Uh, PhDs take a long time. It's a lot of writing, a lot of reading, and are you a ma- are you a master? Do you have your yeah. masters? Okay, yeah. Master Connor Leshner is with us, and he's a sex scientist. He's a sex expert. You know how like a there's like baseball experts, and they're not good at playing baseball, but like they know all the stats. I've been calling him Professor Anime Titties. Yeah, and I've been calling him Doctor Fuck, and he's not a doctor. Uh, mine is more accurate. Well, I guess that's true yeah so he's like a sexpert in the way that like you know someone could be like uh like a hockey expert but like they're terrible at playing hockey right connor exactly yeah i i eat breathe and sleep sex i just don't have it exactly now connor we've got you on the show because we want to look not to the past but to the future we want to know what the future of sex for the next hundred episodes is going to be like, what is new out there that I can coom to? <laughs> well, it, it's funny you ask. So with the last year of uh, lockdown, a lot of people have been researching the best ways to, you know, coom, if you will. Uh, and I will. Uh, socially distancing too much. <laughs> um, but socially distance, if you will. So it's like we're all watching pornography. Now it's just sort of like a team event, if you will. Um, hmm. There's been a lot of interesting advances, not only, and there's just been a lot of interesting like updates in the sex world. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, uh, there has, in, I guess for the gaming community, uh, in the loudest podcast fandom, uh, everyone has probably heard about uh, the zombie mommy dummy. In, oh, I know uh, about Resident the zombie mommy dummy. I don't know shit about this. Um, I sent it to you in the Discord. It's the article I want the zombie mom in Resident Evil 8 to step on me. Yeah, I saw you sent me a bunch of articles, and I don't want to open any of them, but. <laughs> 
All right. Sriracha, you see this article? I do. Would you mind taking us through this article, Sriracha, so I don't have to open this? Oh, okay. Well, Discord is warning me about this link, so that's a great start. I want the zombie mom. Welcome back to another episode of Is Sriracha Literate? (laughs) I know. I want the zombie mom in Resident Evil 5, 6, 7, 8, Resident Evil 8 to step on me. I don't know who she is. I don't know what she wants. Heck, I don't even know her name. But the lovely lass in the big hat in Resident Evil 8, Resident Evil Village, Resident Evil 8-age is a certified HBIC. And I'm here for it. What is an HBIC? Um, I'm not quite sure. Uh, the author never really goes into it. Um, Fantastic but, writing. Let's Google yeah. it right now. Hang on one <laughs> sec. This is crucial. The people are going to want to know. Look, can someone <laughs> just explain this to me like no, like normal? She's a zombie. She's got big tits. Wait, don't see. Next question. That's a, there's a new big-titted zombie? Well, you, you, either you should have started with that. Okay. Describe the tibbies. Like, what makes her different than other big-tibbied zombies I've seen in the past? What, what makes her special? So the difference between this zombie and other zombies you've seen in the past is that she exudes momminess. So she's the mm. per- she's the closest that Resident Evil has ever gotten to just having like a full blown milf. Mm. She's like eight feet tall. Uh, she's very curvy, and uh, her entire thing is that she's chasing you around trying to punish you. Oh, that's hot. HBIC apparently stands for head bitch in charge, which I never would have guessed with a hundred guesses. <laughs> okay. All right. Now that I know about that because Suresh and I recently watched an anime and we'll talk about it uh, a little bit later or earlier in the episode, depending on when we put this thing in. But Oh, this is a fantastic segue. Should we just talk about it now? Yeah, let's talk about it with this expert. I All would right. love to. Would you mind explaining this? All right, Connors, listen to this shit. <laughs> <laughs> so we watched an anime the other week called Do You Love Your Mother and Her Two-Hit Combo Attacks. Now... We, we have a sexpert on the line, so this is going to be 100%. He is qualified. He might not be a doctor yet, but he is qualified to tell us definitively if this is porn. Okay. Okay. So here's the plot of Do You Love Your Mother and her three-hit combo attacks or whatever the fuck it's I don't know. I don't know the name of this shit. So this kid is a dick, and he's got this mom with this gigantic titties. Mm-hmm. And all the mom wants to do is spend time with her son, but her son's like, no, I'm a moody little piece of shit, and I don't want to hang out with my mommy. But then they both get trans, like transferred to a video game world. They get sucked into a video game world, a la Captain N, or Freakazoid, or pick your poison. So he's trapped in this isekai with his mom, and his mom steals two swords instead of the one that they're supposed to get. And also, uh, they fight a dragon thing that makes her clothes melt off. And when her clothes, it's a slime creature, the slime dissolves her clothes, and she says at one point, Oh, mommy picked the wrong day to wear a thong. And then the whole time her teenage son is like, ew, oh God, my mom, oh mom, cover up. And she and she's going like, oh, I can't take the slime. Oh, oh no. And so, you know, there's moaning and stuff. And, and Asterios thinks this is a fun, lighthearted comedy that doesn't take itself too serious. Now, I say it's pornography that you're supposed to touch yourself to. What do you think? expert um 
I think that we're finding out that the 2020s are going to be the year or like the decade of MILFs. Yes. Yeah. So, so in the last couple decades, I can say, so like 2000s, 2010s, we saw a huge rise in anime where like the main characters were always lollies or they were like teenagers or little girls. Um, and uh, if that's your poison, it worked out for you. But then I, yeah, I feel like a lot more were getting like adult women as like the main characters in anime. So mm-hmm. if you think back to like any anime you've seen recently and like the main, and, like the main love interest was like a teenager now we're just aging that up. And the reason it's allowed in Isekai for like the main character to be interested in his mom is because it's in a fictional world, right? I can almost guarantee that the show ends with them like not having a memory of what happens in the Isekai. Um, because like halfway through the show, I've never seen it. This is the first time I'm hearing about it. I can almost bet that there's going to be a situation where they get pretty intimate and then they don't want the morals to like be iffy, so they're just gonna forget it at the end. See, oh, oh by the way, I don't want my serious to feel left out. Nisekai is just a general term for an anime. My where... whole life is an isekai. Okay. You don't think I know what an isekai is? I'm surrounded by you freaks, and you <laughs> you keep talking. You're like, oh, this is sundari, this is kundari, this is but my whole god. See, it feels like the characters like because when the mom. Gets her clothes melted off. He's like, fucking gross, mom. Don't tell me about your thog. But I think that the jerk offery is to think about, because you know, you know enough about anime that all these male protagonists, they have absolutely nothing. They have no personality at all because you're supposed to just project onto them and be like, oh, what if all the hot girls in school wanted to bang me for some reason? Or like, oh, I'm the I'm the strong, silent type, but if they just listened to me, everybody in my class would realize how cool and smart I really am, and all the girls want to have sex with me. I think that this is just pornography for people that want to have a doting mother that they can also have sex with. I, th- I think you're pretty, I think that's pretty close to the truth. The only thing I would say is that we've also seen like a huge rise in isekai, which is like almost like distilled, insert yourself into the characters. Hmm. Um, I mean, I guess that's true. It like, like you, it's easy to project yourself as a fish out of water than it is, you know, and like another narrative form. That's a very good point. Um, but yeah, exactly. And then, but the only thing is like, I'm thinking back to like isekais I've watched and we still had the issue of like, oh, all the characters are around the same age as the main character. But like having something like this, it's like the people who grew up with anime, like through the mid 2000s, 2010s, and they're sick of like the harem anime, um, and all, and all that stuff. It's like, now we have one where the love interest, which is the mom, which is, you know, pick your poison. The mom is now a love interest, and this is the thing that sets itself apart. There's other anime where it's like, oops, I got turned into a spider. Oops, I got turned into a slime. <laughs> I'm this watching one that is one. just, oops, I want to fuck my mom. And that's what this anime it sounds like oh, to me. Okay, well, l- listen. Listen. The, the thing about the main character is... They always portray him as disgusted by what's happening. Like, there's a scene later... Uh, there's a scene later in a later episode where like they all go to a hot spring mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, no, my mom's in a bikini. Oh, <laughs> gross. And um, and, you know, the mom is trying to actively find her son a wife. 
in the video game. And like, there's a girl who's like, per- he thinks is hot, but she's like, no, no, no. Like you're, like, you're not good enough for my son. You're a thief. You'll never be in my family. And then there's like a scene where like, she's in the hot spring. He's in the hot spring. The mom's in the hot spring. The son's in the hot spring. And they're like, no, my daughter, any future daughter of mine won't be in this hot spring. So like, they're like fighting over the son. Like, that's interesting. Like the mom is a, like a, it's like a love triangle with your mom. This is porn. Okay. It's no, porn. I, okay. Finally. You've okay. Seen the light. I thought there's a lot of comedy in it. There's no comedy. It's pornography for you to touch your penis and feel things too. It's a parody of that other show where they get sucked into the video game. It's serious. It's not a parody of shit. It's a parody of that Sword Art Online. No, it isn't. Yes, it is a parody of Sword They're both, they both get sucked into a, like a World of Warcraft style old timey swords and dragons and fighting thing. That's about as much of a parody as Sword Art Online as the Big Bang Boobies on Pornhub.com is. And in Sword Art Online, there's literally pornography written by the person who wrote Sword Art Online after the first season. That's right. I heard about that. I heard that he put out a little porno short story. In conclusion, everything is porn. Everything is porn. (laughs) This is like, and that is my ultimate point with, do you love your mother and her two hit multi-target attacks? Which is like, well, look, if this is porn, then all the crap you show me is porn. Like... Everything like is every harem anime porn? Yes. Yes. Really? Yes. Yeah. Because the point is, it's supposed to be a wish fulfillment fantasy for horny Japanese men who want to fuck teenagers. That's it. That's what this is. That's the entire genre. Now, see, I've been lo- I've been watching it for the characters and the stories. Yeah. Well, good luck finding any. <laughs> no wonder you're not a huge fan of anime. Yeah, I, well, it's the stuff that she shows me. She shows me this stuff. Oh, like yeah. That, I like that Rent-A-Girlfriend show. That's a harem anime. Are you supposed to jerk into that? Yes. Yes. They make figures that you can buy that you can jerk it to. You can put them in jars and keep track of your progress. <laughs> Is there anything you want? Okay. So now we're, re- we're reaching a much more important point. Sriracha, is there anything you watch that's not pornography? Um, I have never beat off to Nathan For You on Hulu.com. I have never masturbated to uh, the new Higarashi. Are you watching that one, Connor? I watched the original. I'm waiting for this one to end to see how it goes because all the stuff between the original and then this show was all bad. Yeah, no, the original, the Dean version sucks Cock, blows cock out of ass. It's so <laughs> bad. But this new one, this new one is okay. Okay. But I think that you will not find it. I think that you will find it entertaining because you already know the basic story. Like it goes totally off the fucking rails. But I think if I didn't know what was going to happen, I would have a very hard time following it. Never masturbated to that. Um, I've never masturbated to Family Feud. <laughs> Why not? Game show? Why not? Uh, because Steve Harvey's face bothers me. His body also bothers me because he's clearly in a corset, and you can or male spanks or whatever yeah. the hell. You could see how hard those spanks are working. They're like trying to shape him normal, 
And it's weird. It's like his gut just refuses to comply. Family Feud is for perverts, though. Connor, have I ever told you about my theory that Family Feud is for perverts? Uh, No, I'm very interested. Okay, so every episode of Family Feud, they have, this is, you can find this if you really squid and you look at every single episode of Family Feud. There's a question, and the question will be set up to have an obvious sexual answer. Mm, Like, name... Name a part of your body that you don't want to get kicked in. <laughs> and then somebody will buzz in and say, testicles, Steve, or something like that. And then Steve will, like, look at the camera and do the gym from the office face and say, what are you up here talking about your testicles for? It's like boomer humor. You know how boomers are obsessed with genitals for some reason? It's boomer <laughs> humor. They just, they love that shit. They can't get enough of people saying the word penis on television. Yeah, but then when the thing flips over, it doesn't say testicles. It says, like, clangers and bangers. Yeah. That's my favorite where it's like, you'll be like, I don't want to get kicked in my ass, Steve. And then it'll flip over and be like, boom, your cabbage blaster. Yeah. I'm learning all new words for my genitals. It is a show for boomer perverts. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Something that my cousin pointed out to me was, he was like, Stereos, watch Family Feud closely you'll see that they always pit families of different races against each other. And at first I was like, you're weird. What a weird thing to say. But Sriracha and me, we've watched 30 or 40 episodes of Family Feud in the past week or two. Mm-hmm. It's always like a, it's a, it's like a Hispanic family versus a white family, a white family versus a black family, a black family versus an Indian family. There's like a, it's like they're trying to incite a secret race war on Family Feud. Oh my God, it's subliminal messaging. This is Q. This is what Q talks about. This is what Q was warning us about. (laughs) Well, you also have to think about like when it's on TV, you maybe get like five second shots of each member of the family. Having them be a different race is a really good just shorthand for being like, it's this family's turn versus it's this family's turn. That's a really good point. That's a. Mm-hmm. I think a more ambiguous way to do that would be like, hey, you're wearing blue today and you family, you wear all green. Well, that's not how studio execs think. That's not how they think. It's exactly. Not? Connor's right. All right, Connor, let's get us back on track here. The yes. future of cranking it. Yes. What's new and different out there that I could crank it to? I'm tired of the old. I want new. So this is actually a really interesting story that I've been following on and off for a couple of years now. Um, Way back when in 2018, I want to say in Japan, they released an AI girlfriend for uh, businessmen who uh, have trouble meeting people because they're too busy or they don't have social (laughs) skills. Too busy. Yeah. Um, And so we've seen a huge advance in the last year about like, um, Vert, like AI girlfriends where it's like you can customize them now um, they'll send you pictures of themselves like throughout the day being like oh I can't wait for you to get home they'll like be attached to your alarm clock and they'll wake you up in the morning oh uh, man back in my day the best that you could get was that uh, oh my god what was it called love plus do you remember that do you know what that is yeah I don't there's a Nintendo DS game <laughs> Or I think it was for the DS that was only released in Japan called Love Plus. And what it was is it was a virtual girlfriend that you needed to woo, but it was also connected to your clock on the DS. So if you like went a couple days without paying attention to her, she'd get upset. If you like tried to play it at midnight, she'd be like, what the fuck are you doing up? Go to sleep. (laughs) Okay, here's what I'd have this girl do. I'd link her to, like, my blender and my Cuisinart and my pasta maker and stuff. So now she's making me food. 
I would link her to like my uh, to my Grubhub account so that like groceries get delivered. And she's like, I went out and I bought apples. Like she could turn out the lights for me, like with the interconnected AI light bulbs when it's like time to crank it to my lady. You know, like she's like, I'm going to set the mood. She plays the radio and like in careless whispers playing. Here's the whole thing. And we're concerned about China spying on us, the Japanese. We need to look into this. We need to look into this right now. Um, yeah, exactly. It's, um, yeah, I, I I think we're definitely heading toward that because do, do you guys remember like the sh- the movie Smart House from like 2002? Was that about a house that murdered people? No, it was about a house that like loved the children in the house so much because it, it was a mom. It was a mom like house, right? Okay. And um, the house took care of the kids in it. And um, but they got jealous of the real parent. So then it tried to murder the parents. So that they, it see, be- I knew <laughs> their look. If it's called Smart House, it's about a killer house. All right. I knew it. All right. Keep going. Um, so that's another thing. So like the virtual girlfriend side um, is something that's becoming really popular. And it's it's really interesting because I feel like it's something that is good for people who are like lonely in the moment and lonelier generally because it's mm-hmm. already harder to meet people right now, especially mm-hmm. if you're in like uh, pandemic ridden New York. So it's like this is a great alternative if you're like just looking for, you know, some downtime and, um, you know, the Pornhub purge uh, took down your favorite video. So you have to find some new material and then it's it's custom material. OK. All right. Describe these virtual girlfriends to me. Like, are there like are there like a couple of stock models? Like, here's Candy, here's Gladys. Like, like are there like pre-existing personas, or or do I have to like answer eight hundred questions and then it builds me the girl? Have you ever played like um, any RPG where you make the character that you play as? Yes, it's that basically, um, and you choose so the voice, you choose the stuff. I get to, it's I like get a like VR custom. game, so you can put on the headset. Wait, it's VR? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it's VR. Oh, it's VR. <laughs> All right, but like, can I put on special underwear? And then when I put on the underwear, it's like she's she controls like the robot underwear. Yeah, so that's so that's another uh, thing that's important to know uh, in the science of teledildonics. This, have I, have yes. You, this yes. is what I'm interested in. Um, in the science of teledildonics, uh, you're able to sync up your whatever technology, whether it's your phone, whether it's somebody else's phone, whether it's like a video game. You're able to sync that up with whatever you're watching or doing. And then that controls whatever you're wearing, whether it's underwear or it's a special device attached to your genitals. Oh, my God, that's crazy. So you can like stick something up your butt and have yeah. your girlfriend play with it. That's amazing. Yeah. And you can do it from a distance. Um, there's a great uh, thing called Love Sense, which um, my partner and I used very briefly. Um, but basically, you like uh, fried one of your dicks. Like, what? What? what we used very briefly. What happened uh, there? Uh, she used it too like so hard it broke. Um, but the <laughs> wait, but no, 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 no. Wait, 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 okay. wait, 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 wait. Yep. yep. So, Rash, what should we do with this? This this seems like a pretty great opportunity for humor. I don't really understand what it is. Is is it a dildo? Is it... How did she use it? Can you explain a little bit how it could be used too hard? It was set to overdrive. Connor cranked that thing up to 11 like in in, uh, Spinal Tap. Connor, here's what happened, Sriracha. 
Connor was like, you know what this teledildo needs? More power. So it is a teledildo? Um, it, so it's like, it was like a little, it was like a little vibrator. Um, okay. Teledildonics is just the name of the science where it's dildos from a long distance. Gotcha. <laughs> um, but yeah, basically like what you do is you make waves on the app and then it sends it to the vibrator. Oh my God. Oh my God. That's really yeah. Good. And so she was in Arizona and I was in Canada. And so we were just on the phone at the same time. And then, um, you know, I was playing with the app and she was enjoying it. Yeah, and you're doing the thing where you're like, like, like DJ uh, Funky, f- like Flash Funk, and you're going like, wick, 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 with the touchscreen thing, and all of a sudden she's like, whoa, slow down, Connor, and you're like, Connor on the ones and twos, represent, and then the whole that fries, all of a sudden smoke starts coming out of her ging gong, and then now the next thing you know, you gotta buy a new egg. I would just draw circles, <laughs> like yeah. you know those loopy things. Yeah, <laughs> look, what oh, look, we all start with circles. Oh, oh, just a little tap. Ha ha, hee hee. Oh, a little tap. Ha ha, ho ho. Next thing you know, you're actually sketching your lady into an alternate dimension of pleasure. <laughs> and then um, I started drawing out the uh, Navy SEAL copy pasta mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. into the thing. And it just like at a certain point, it does loop. But I got like two sentences in. That's what Connor does. He's a literal sex master. What the fuck did you just say about me, fucking little bitch? (laughs) Okay, Connor. All right. So we have remote control dildo, egg, dildonic, stuff in your butt, stuff that goes around your wingus. Like AI ladies that are like so good that like you don't need a real lady anymore which is great because you're so busy at work like uh it has nothing to do with your depression at all like um give me one more thing what's give me one last new thing by the way it's great to hear that this is going to be the decade of moms (laughs) i'm excited i I like that a lot i mean one more thing one more new thing yeah absolutely um so i i think the most interesting thing is I, I went to a sex conference virtually recently, right? Mm-hmm. And they're teaching robots, like sex robots. Um, and the robots themselves are a little too creepy for me, but they're teaching them how to talk and how to moan and how to respond to other people. So they're literally creating sex AI where you don't need the teledildonics. It's just you have the partner with you. Okay. This is, I have yet to see one of those like real girls. That like looks like a real girl. Like uh, they seem like a big hassle because it's like then I gotta clean out her 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 wongus. You know what I mean? <laughs> How do you clean that? I imagine you just take a hose and stick it in her vagina, and then it shoots out her butt or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or like if you fill up the butt, it goes out the other way. Like, um, can you take off just the just the ladies? Gingus, and yeah. then like just put it in the washing machine. Yeah. So I went to I, I at one of the conferences I went to I went to a sex club and they had a sex doll and it's just a removable genitals and you can put whatever genitals you want on it. So if you're into if you're into you know uh, fuda if you're in, into uh, you know just whatever uh, you have options. So I could get the three boobed lady from Total Recall. Could I yeah. do that? Yeah, it's, it's just they're expensive right now. Like, uh, I saw that they're going for like $40,000 for like. Oh my goodness. Shit. Yeah. 
So they're a little expensive right now. However, um, once once we get the once we get the technology figured out, and then we start mass producing it, that's when things will get a little cheaper. You'll be able to have your sex doll and your Tesla at the same time. Okay, I do like that. <laughs> put her in the trunk of the Tesla. Get the Cybertruck and put her in the back. Go out to go out to a, a verdant glen in the middle of the night and have a good time. Look up at the stars. Okay, I like the thing about the AI. Wait a minute. So are these ladies also going to be able to be like, oh, I don't like it when you pull my hair. Like, oh, you, you bit my nipple too hard. You, you got to knock that off. And then is the AI robot going to be like, look, you've taken me out of the moment now. Now let's just watch some TV. Like, and then like the next day you're going to wake up and the, the, the sex robot's going to be like, we should really talk about last night because you took things too far. <laughs> we need to establish a safe word. Like how, how deep are these things going with the AI? So I guess it I guess it depends. So there's also going to be AI girlfriends that are probably going to be a little more give and take. But like the sex AI that we're seeing a lot out of are, are more like AI where it's like they'll do what you want them to. They'll just learn what you're also interested in so they can match your interests better. And then the AI advances too far and the sex robots start exploring their uh, sexuality. And then you walk in on the two sex robots sex with one another on your bed and she's like oh my god darling she pushes the other one off she's like you fucking bitch you didn't tell me you were owned is that gonna happen are we working on this are we yeah. working on being cucked by our own sex robots master leshner probably like yeah that's yeah. right that probably means yes because that's right. a canadian probably that's an american yes all right connor we gotta go uh, where can people p- name some of the websites where people can read your work? Cause this, this guy's, he's a published, published science man. This guy. Um, the easiest way to follow my stuff is just on Twitter at C E Leshner, L E S H N E R. Um, you can also, if, if you're interested in just this topic broadly, uh, futureofsex.net, all one word is also a really good place to keep up with both my writing and the writing of a bunch of other really cool sex experts. Um, and yeah, also on one of four episodes now uh, of the Loudest Podcast, they can hear my thoughts on the sex world. And many more to come. Yeah. And many and, more to come. Fingers crossed. And, Hope, and, hoping I make it to 200. And again, that is twitter.com slash C-E-L-E-S-H-N-E-R. He writes for Future of Sex, which you can also follow at Twitter at Future of Sex. Connor, we love you. Thank you so, so much. Hey, I'm always happy to be here. Hoping to chat with you guys again soon. All right. Yeah. Later, buddy. Bye. Bye. You're listening to Super Punk Radio. Brand new banger. Super Punk Radio has recently gone through an ownership change. It is now under the strict rule of the Boss Baby Fan Club. The Boss. The Boss. The Boss Baby Fan Club. 17 past the hour. This is Danny Waxman on the Boss Baby Fan Club Network. We're going to be checking in with Scott Weir, our correspondent, uh, for a quick news break. Scott, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. So you are at the uh, Wayne City School Board redistricting meeting. Is that right? That's right. They're currently um, about to change uh, uh, all the districts here in the school and, and change the borders, which would not only change you know, the school um, athletics, 
and the sports and, and who would play who, um, but it would change uh, a lot of the budgeting for how much different schools are being allotted uh, funding right now, which uh, there's already some schools that are having a rough go of it. Definitely. And it, um, there's a lot of angry parents here, a lot of angry teachers on, on both sides of the aisle, to be honest. Scott, did you get a did you get a sense that uh, they're going to be voting tonight, or are they just hearing arguments and then going back to their respective corners? Well, I think that there's a lot of grievances being aired tonight, um, but I think they plan on making a decision by the end of the night, which is why it is so heated. Now, there's only uh, two and a half hours left of this town hall meeting. And repeatedly, I have said to them, and as I'm about to say to you, is I know the solution to this problem, and that is they need to go uh, either to Netflix or, or Redbox and rent Boss Baby, mm. and they just need to sit down and watch it together. I think there's so many moral lessons in that movie, and, and I think that you can't help be a, but be on the same page after watching Boss Baby. Right. Well... Thank you so much for following this story, Scott. We're going to be checking in with you again, and uh, our hearts and minds are out there for uh, the school district. Um, we're going to check in with traffic in just a minute. You're listening to the Boss Baby Fan Network. This is Super Punk Radio. The Boss, the boss, boss, the boss Baby Fan Club. Always commercial free. 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 Welcome back. It's time for the most epic voicemail segment ever. I listened to hundreds of... <laughs> You people. <laughs> <laughs> you people. Vomiting into directly into your microphone. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, there's 15 voicemails Holy, this time. Wow, okay. Yeah, I picked out more than we usually did. Uh, yours didn't make it through. I'm very sorry. I tried to include as many as I possibly could. Look, can, and let's just say this. If yours didn't make it through, it was bad, right? Like, that's what we're saying? I mean, I don't know. I'm pretty stupid, so I might have just missed it or forgotten to download it. So if your voicemail didn't make it in, oh, this will be a fun segment for next time. If your voicemail didn't make it in, email me at theloudestpodcast at gmail.com and tell me what your voicemail was or tell me what your phone number you called in with. And I'll determine if it was bad or just or stupid or if I just forgot it. All right. That makes total sense. All right. And uh, the first voicemail we have is called 50-50 Shot. Yes. Hey, Stelius. Hey, Sarancha. Hi. Hey, This yo. is Glenn, otherwise known as Harvestor. Harvestor! Just calling in to wish you guys a happy 100th episode. He's one of our minds. And Thank I wasn't you. quite yes. sure if I should shitpost or give you guys somewhat of an actual heartfelt message. So Heartfelt. I'm going to what Same I think thing. is best, which is Wallady 20. If it's low, I'll shit those. <laughs> if it's high, I'll say something that actually matters. Okay. Honestly, you guys have really inspired me. In <gasps> I can't tell if this is the shit post or the genuine. <laughs> what I want to pursue overall in life. And I just have to thank you for all the content you've given and the laughs that you give everyone around you. I'm kind so of concerned you for you if this episode. show inspires you to follow and your dreams. Thank you. Thank you! The perfect! That's all, this is all I'm ever looking for! I just want genuine niceness! That's great! There are some nice ones. Okay, there are some nice ones? There are some mean ones, but there are some nice ones. Mean ones? Well, I don't like that. Well, this one's called Another Favorite Moment, and let's hope it's as heartfelt as... 
Harvestors. Thank you, Harvestor. Thank you. One of the best mods in our Discord. He's the one that said, guys, please do not post pornography here. Oh, then he's the worst mod. <laughs> no, he's the best mod. All right. Hi, everyone. Congrats on the 100th episode. I just want to say my favorite moment in the show has to be the part when Sriracha says anything that isn't 110 Boomer Normie material. And the serious response is kind of like Hank Hill. You know, like, whoa. Have <laughs> That's every episode. <laughs> That's every so, moment of every so really, episode. Really, you know, every episode an all star episode. Once again, wow, one hundred episodes. Peace out. Thank, Thank you. you. Can you do a Hank Hill impression for the gentleman? Sure. Oh, I tell you what, that girl ain't right. That yandere dev ain't right. <laughs> I hate that yandere dev. <laughs> a stereo. This one's called the stereos. Isn't the only one grossed out by my nonsense. Do you know what this is? Yeah, I do. Oh, God. Hey, Stereos. Hey, Sarancha. I think my uh, favorite loudest podcast moment is every single moment or time I've had to turn down the podcast because you've been talking about something so disgusting that if someone in the other room heard it, they would think I was uh, mentally not well. So, yeah, that's my favorite moment. Thanks. Yeah. Except people's moms are listening, Sarancha. I don't know. You're talking about sperm jacking? (laughs) Yeah, okay. I'm trying to think of moments that would cause me to actually turn a podcast off. I don't know. I got caught playing uh, Fap Titans when I was visiting my friends. Mm-hmm. As I was sitting there, I just mindlessly, because that's what I do when I'm here, is I just sit there and just grind on Fap Titans. Mm-hmm. And my one friend comes out in the living room and looks at my computer. Is like, are you playing a dress-up game? I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> now I have to explain what this is. And I was like, you know Cookie Clicker? And she says, yeah. And I say, well, it's kind of like Cookie Clicker, except you could get them to take their clothes off. She's like, all right. <laughs> at this point, they just have come to expect that from me, I guess. There's... There's so much insertion, genuine insertion in this game you play. Not Fap Titans. In uh, Cunt Wars, maybe. Oh, excuse me. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. I'm confusing the two porno games made by the same Chinese crypto mining company you play. I wish I could. There was a way that I could play Cunt Wars without seeing the pornography. There's, well, just find whatever game it's ripping off. It's ripping off. So it's got to be like ripping off Hearthstone or something. Something. But I have all these high level cunts that I can translate to the other games. So it's useless, worthless. Add me on Cunt Wars. All right. This next voicemail is called Everyone Loves the Patreon Only Content. I should hope so. We spent a lot of time working on that. Estereo, say Sarancha. Happy 100th episode. You guys do some great content, and I especially. Love the Patreon. Thank you. Chris Curry, Dark Side Jails, Lime of the Coconuts, that is some good stuff. And I'm not really super into cyberpunk, but Jack, I'm surprisingly into. Keep up the good work, guys. Love you. Bye. You heard it from the man himself. The best shit is behind the paywall. <laughs> <laughs> is it wrong that the whole time I was like, when is he going to call me a cuck? When is he going to say something terrible? When is it? Because that's what I expect from our listeners. You no, know, a lot of people were just very genuinely nice. Wow. <laughs> this, is, this is the world I want. As a boomer, it's very hard to tell when you're being sarcastic or genuine, you goddamn Zoomers. I don't know if that makes me a boomer or just on the awkwardness rainbow. Well, I know I'm at one end of the awkwardness rainbow, so if you want to call in and call me awkward, you can give them that phone number. All right, that phone number is 848-863-5343. 
Or yeah, send an email to the loudest podcast at gmail.com. Just attach it as a voice note. You kids know how to do that. Yeah, right. call in and mm-hmm. tell me what I should invest in. Besides GameStop and AME, please. Yes, please. Please do. Tell us what shit coin you're pumping dump scamming this week. All right. Oh, favorite loudest podcast moment. Hey, Stereos. Hey, Sarantra. Happy 100 episodes. My favorite Thank loudest you. podcast Thanks. episode was the episode where Raj wants to be the spokesman for that burger restaurant, but then his little sister Dee gets to gig instead, so Raj, Rerun, and Dwayne, they all... <laughs> <laughs> that guy's dead. <laughs> R.I.P. to a real one, Zach. Another really good moderator <laughs> in our Discord. Not anymore. <laughs> oh, you put the R.I.P. Wow. Um... All right, uh, this next one is called Fun Fact Guy Loves Folger Cest. Hey, Asterios and Sarasha. It is Fun Fact Guy, and Hi. I have to say, my favorite moment from the loudest podcast is the one that I wrought. Uh, the Folger Cest fan fiction. <laughs> He's really <laughs> into that. <laughs> a lot of the internet is. What a fucking perfect segment that was. Love you both. Fun facts forever. Bye. All right, write that down. More incest porn. <laughs> Done. The internet loves it. All right, this next one's called Fun Fact About New Zealand and the Number 100. Is this the same fun fact guy? No, different fun fact guy. All right, fun fact guy number two. Congratulations on surviving for 100 weeks of this podcast. Wow. Did you know one in 600 people die in their 30s? Anyway, what? since there's 100 <laughs> episodes of this one hour podcast, uh, there's roughly 100 hours of content that I've listened to of this. Do you know what else is roughly 100 hours? All 279 episodes of the Big Bang Theory equating to 102 hours of content. This means that every second I spent listening to Sarancha talk about cunt wars was the second I could have spent busting my guts wide apart with laughter when Penny steals Sheldon's spot in the living room. This lack of Big Bang Theory knowledge has caused a rift in my social life. Since one of my peers told me I was a total Leonard, and I was unable to give my opinion on that judgment, the loneliness I felt from this made me turn to sex addiction to distract myself, as if maybe if I had enough sex, I could develop my own Big Bang Theory. Maybe. However, listening to the loudest <laughs> podcast gave me Zeus-like testosterone, quadrupling my sperm count, and I have sired 100 bastard children in my city. Okay. Now, since I live in New Zealand, there's about 30 people here, I fear that when my bastard children grow up, they'll form a political party. And being the majority of the population, they'll vote for capital punishment and put me to death. But until that happens, I love the content. Please keep it up. I hope he dies too. He should get together with the Fulgercest guy and have all of your bastard children form a polycule. <laughs> like a hundred person polycule. What is a polycule? I'm sorry, I don't know what that is. Okay, so you know polyamory, right? Yes. A group of people that fuck each other in some combination is called a polycule. I learned that watching uh, Psychology in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> is that the show you watch that does nothing but call the people on 90 Day Fiance clinically insane? No, he's actually very nice about not calling them clinically insane. Really? Like Even when I think they deserve it. Dr. Kirkhond is amazing. He's like, now there's uh, nothing wrong with living with your mother till you're 45. <laughs> <laughs> In some cultures, people live with their mothers until they're married. He's he's very, very non-judgmental. Wow. Good for him. Tell I learned what a polycule is. You got, right. So A, B, C, D, and A might be fucking B, or A might be fucking 
B, C, and D, or maybe D only fucks B. Like a hundred different combinations you could tell. That's a lot of work to go to just to tell your parents that you hate them. <laughs> All right, this one is called uh, Grant Mooney has Tourettes. Tourettes. Well, you spelled it wrong. Oh, sorry. And I have Tourettes. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Asterio fans. Sure, Sarancho. I don't know how to say your name. Sir Sarancho. Sir- Hi. Hi. He's drunk. me. Officer uh, Grant Mooney of the Thought Cops. I-, I hear that you have a very festive episode 100 that you've uh, just reached as of right now that you're listening to this. Um Us over at Thought Cops, we're about to reach episode 200, so if if y'all any need any, if if y'all need any uh, advice from uh, some seasoned veteran podcasters, by all means, uh, don't don't feel ashamed or afraid to reach out to either of us. Uh, we'll help you in whatever whatever way we. Whatever. I don't. The whole. The whole we love you, Grant. That's season. what we love uh, you, buddy. One hundred episodes. I love you guys. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Bye, Grant. (laughs) Thank you so much for that. (laughs) We have to have them on more. Yeah, we do. Both him and Kevin. Yeah, like just uh, like it doesn't even need to be for a thing. We don't need to do like Chicago food minute. Just have them on hanging out with us. I like them hanging out with us. I would like to go visit the Thought Cops and Nico and Zwick. Is Zwick still in that little polycule? (laughs) Yeah, he can make it over there. He's close to that. Not close, but like six hours. Yeah, I want to. I have to. was one of the things I ideas I had rolling around in my brain pre uh, fucking Armageddon, pre virus Armageddon mm-hmm. was like we should do another in person episode of Thought Cops like about Chicago or something. As soon as everybody gets this goo in their arm, we can go back to fucking go. We were on the road right before it happened. I want to go to the budgetorium Me and too. I can't. Do you think the birds all have COVID? <laughs> that place has got to be closed, right? No, absolutely not. Because for us, just talking about Gatorland in Florida. A, it's in Florida. B, it's entirely outdoors. We got fucking annual passes to Gator Town, right. and we've never used it. Asterios, all we had to do was use it one time, and it would pay. And for it would it. pay for itself, and we didn't do it. I am. We'll talk about this off air. I, I, we got to get to Florida. We got to. All right. This next one is called, this voicemail is too long, but it's super Voltateka. But I want to play it because he seems like a longtime fan and I want to say thank you. All right. Now, this is two hours. This is two minutes and four seconds long. It's pretty damn long, but Super Bowl to take it. God damn it. You submit so much content, both to this show and just in my Twitter DMs. I'm, <laughs> so. We're not playing the whole thing, Super Bowl to take it. Get adjust to that reality now because I don't want you halfway through it being like, no, they didn't play. We are now playing this whole thing. It would be a miracle if we play this entire two minute voicemail. I've listened to all of it, Super Bowl. <laughs> hey, it's Darius. Sriracha. Hi. It's uh, Super Bowl Tekka. I hadn't called you guys in quite a long time, so I just wanted to say congrats on the 100 episodes, man. Or. Should I say like 101 episodes? That's true. You just split it into a fucking two-parter. I don't know why you would put 100 episodes into a two-parter. but We, we didn't plan know, to. It was just had to. Like, it just I was watching some old episodes of TLP, and then I got to the episode where like 
you're trying to show your niece some age-appropriate anime. Well, I got an anime for you. Oh, Welcome to Pico. Or her, for that matter. It's called Technoman. Wait, I like yeah, this. Yeah, it's pretty good. So far, I like this. It's so appropriate for her because it's a bastardization of a, like a cult hit that centers all the graphic violence and tones down the story to make it all kidified and shit. Oh, she would love it. And then when she gets older, she can watch the show that is based off of Tech of Bad Blade, my favorite anime. She was like, she would love it, man. It's got pretty boys in it. Ooh. The sexiest twins in all of anime. One of them's got scars on. Everyone's got luxuriously long, dark green hair. That's what you're looking for when it comes to anime you know, for your niece, right? Like, it. big titty <laughs> bitches. Oh, God. Right? Right? I mean, come the fuck on, man. I've been recommending this anime to... People for he has. God knows how long. He's calling him a live show to talk about Techno Man. man. <laughs> I recommended it to Soraka. I recommended it to Nico. I recommended it to Digital. I'm not watching it. I'm sorry. Blow the sheep. Try recommending him all. It's like, no, man. I'll, I'll get to it eventually. He's like, man. You know, it aired to the same. It premiered to the same goddamn season as Sailor Moon. What's their 1992? In an alternate universe, this could have been the anime that everybody would fondly remember have Saban not fucked things up with their god-awful ah! Well, anyway, just wanted to say uh, congratulations and all that shit, so, bye. It's wow, kind we, of... We made it through the whole thing. Oh, my God. So, thank you. Congratulations, Super Bowl, to take I was wrong. I was wrong, and I apologize. I feel that struggle, though, the struggle of, like, really, really wanting to talk about something and having nobody to talk about it with. Like, one time, I made uh, one of my roommates sit down and watch all of Madoka Magica because I wanted to talk about it so bad. Like, that's a six-hour fucking... Like, all the all of the episodes put together is, like, six hours, I think. That's, just, what, that's what anime YouTubers and anime podcasts are for. It's great. It's, it's like, I don't have anyone to bore... I don't have anyone in my real life that I can bore with my niche Star Wars opinions. I just watch Red Letter Media, and, like, it's like, I'm friends with these 40-year-old men. Yeah, it does. It feels nice, kind of, right? Yeah, I like it. It works. Um, I think I was calling that show Techno Man, which I would want to see. I think it's actually called Tekka Man, and so I'm going to pass. I think you're thinking of Tekka the game. I think it is Techno Man. It's Techno Man? I think it is. All right, I might check out Techno Man. But, you know, I, I was talking to uh, Lime Jinjo the other day. And I realized this is why people have that my anime watch list. So when their friend goes, you got to watch this, you got to watch this, you're like, I'll put it on my list. And it's a way to like shut up your friends and have them stop trying to shove Madoka Magica and some lying <laughs> cat that tricks girls and turns them into witches down their goddamn throat. Some girl that's got to relive her life 9,000 times until she shoots the machine gun the right way. All this crap. All, all I'm saying is if I had literally nothing to do except figure out who kept killing me, I'm pretty sure it wouldn't have taken me a hundred fucking years <laughs> like it did for Rika. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I don't need to be a victim flamer, but I'm pretty sure I could do it faster. <laughs> all right. This next one is called Nico unironically kills someone. Okay, look here. Look here, Asterios and Saranja. You guys uh -huh. need to freaking seal Nico's powers or whatever, because, like, <laughs> the way that that 
loudest podcast 100 came out where she said that shit about wishing that old people, people above 70, should all drop dead. My grandma went into the hospital because of cardiac arrest. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Stop, Nico. <laughs> Nico killed somebody's grandma. <laughs> Unironically. Well, okay. To be fair to Nico, she says that every day. Multiple times a day. She just wishes old people would die. Even before even before the boomer remover, she really didn't like these people. Oh, yeah, no. And I think there are many Nikos in the world. So perhaps it works like witch magic, like where they all get together and chant at the same time. <laughs> then this guy's grandma dies. I'm sure this guy's grandma's fine. And if he's not, I don't want to hear an update about it. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers. Oh, Riley Brooks, 100th voicemail. <laughs> Hey, Stereo, thanks for out there. It's your favorite boy, Riley. Congratulations hey. on a billion episodes. Thank you. Thank you. A billion whole episodes of the loudest podcast. It's such a, such a momentous occasion. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel that this show has been around for so long. I've been there since the beginning. It's a really great show, and I hope you keep on doing it as we, as we face this beautiful communist land we call America, as we rise with our Soviet brothers and we enjoy... Yeah. Some top quality <laughs> loudest podcast. Here's to a billion more, folks. Riley's a great long term. It's so interesting to me to see like who the ride or dies are. They fuck around. <laughs> Riley, uh, I thought hair guy was gonna be stick around for a little longer, but he blocked me after I cut my hair last year. Um, there's a guy on Instagram that keeps telling me like everything there is to know about LSD. <laughs> that guy's been around for a while. I like you guys. You're fun. I, I love, our listeners are the most interesting people. They really are. And I, there's so much shit I wouldn't know if a listener didn't, wasn't like, Sarah, you have a lot of text, sex, sex, like pinball fans, classic vintage arcade fans, all, all the all the guy that drinks snake juice. Yeah, I miss Prep Boy Rick. Prep Boy Rick, call <laughs> again. Yeah, well, he might favorites. be a spooky skeleton at this point because of all the snake juice. He only drinks snake juice. All right, this one is called Save the Universe. Uh, hello? Hi. Can you hear me? Is yes. this working? This is Zach from 30 Years in the Future. Oh, no. I have to interrupt uh-huh. this broadcast, the loudest podcast, episode 100, to get to you. The world is nearing its final days, and you're the only one who can avoid this. You have to PayPal me 30,000 U.S. dollars <laughs> or subscribe to the rescue on YouTube in order to avoid this tragedy. I'm counting on you. And just remember, wait, do you hear that? Oh, no, I really got it. Oh, God, no, God. That sounds like a toy lawnmower. <laughs> was that a toy chainsaw? Whatever it was, it sounds like that guy's in trouble. Well, bye, Zach. See you later, Zach. This one's called Segments. Hey there, Asterius and Sriracha. Big Guido here. Oh! Hello. I wanted to say thank you for 100 episodes. Man, we need 100 more episodes, and I need more segments. Segments, You're gonna segments, get segments. it. I need uh, yes! what's burning Asterius beans. I don't need the Crunch Bunch. What? <laughs> but everything else, thank you guys so much. Uh, I love it. Have a great day. Wait until you hear the new and improved Crunch Bunch. Um. Oh, speaking of Guido, he sent us a uh, he sent us a gift. Oh, would you care to open it? Absolutely. We got to open it last time. All right, here we go. All right, thank you so much. And it is. Th- Katamari Damacy! Oh, I, we were just talking about how we wanted this game! I, I do. I do unironically want to play Katamari Damacy. Holy shit, I'm so glad we opened this before I bought it because, like, 
Nintendo keeps slowly lowering the price of it just a little bit at a time. Uh, into like it'll be like now it's eleven dollars now it's eight dollars and I'm kind of like ah, when it gets to four ninety nine I'm buying oh oh it came with a thank you card yeah it has a card it says Asterius and Sarantia thank you guys for an awesome year of podcast you guys are awesome Merry Christmas and enjoy Merry Christmas Guido thank you. We were literally just saying that Kanamari is one of our favorite games. I love that king. I love the. I love rolling up a big ball. It, it makes you feel accomplished, even though you've done nothing but sit on your ass. Absolutely nothing. And this last voicemail is called just a genuinely sweet voicemail from Smarty. Hey, Sirius and Sarancha, it's your friendly neighborhood Smarty. Smarty, uh, I hello. Wanted to say happy 100 episodes. And I was listening to the recent episode, and you said you wanted to hear your fa- our favorite moments. So um, I wanted to bring up my personal favorites, uh, the episode that first got me into this podcast, uh, which would be Sriracha Serves on a Murder Trial. And <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you. That a was classic. fucking hilarious. And also I want to bring up the episode that I frequently revisit. Uh, and that would be the Yandere Sim episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, please more Oh, that's everybody's that. favorite. Anyway, happy 100 episodes, guys. Uh, we all love you. Thank you so much for the hot, steamy content that you like to provide in our various ear holes and shit like that. Anyway. <laughs> Your orifices, I believe, is the correct word. Bye. Thank you, Smarty. I, he likes me the best. Everybody does. I yeah. like you the best, too. His two favorite ones were my things. <laughs> you know how many me's there are on YouTube? Well, well, well. If it isn't a guy in his 30s and 40s with black rimmed glasses and a beard because he's trying to hide how round his head is talking about Star Wars. Oh, I really need to. You're the only based, red-pilled, cool lady there is. In the world. That I know of. In the world. Can you think of another one? I dream of being. Nico. Yeah, Nico's pretty based. Yeah, well, that's, well, of course, why they constantly call your guys' podcast, quote, two based girls. Nobody calls it that except you. That's what they call it. They're calling it this. <sighs> Thank you for the great voicemails, guys. Some genuinely nice voicemails. I'm really proud of you. Most of you. Yeah, and thank you. And thank you for the genuinely nice gifts. Uh, if you are looking to leave a voicemail, you can call 84. 84- 8863-5343. You can attach it as a voice note to the loudest podcast at gmail.com. If you ever want to mail us anything, you can mail it to P.O. Box 90700, Brooklyn, New York, 11209-9997. I know for a fact there's some things down there at the P.O. Box, including a green onion cereal that apparently... Korea spent 20 years lobbying the Kellogg's Corporation for. That sounds fucking gross. I know, I can't wait. All right, well, and uh, and we'll be right, actually, we won't be right back because that's the end of the show. That's it. You got enough content for today. That's plenty of content from <laughs> us. Thank you for, for sticking with us through this special double-sized 100th episode of The Loudest Podcast. And uh, and that's all I got personally. It's just thank you for sticking with us. Thank you. Go home and hug your porgs. Yeah, exactly. Go tell your parents you love them. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.